and welcome to a Sonic Talk special. Uh, this isn't a live version, but uh, we're very fortunate to have a recorded interview with uh, Carolina Ike, who is one of the world's firm, foremost thereminists. Uh, and I mean, that's quite an honour, really, because there's there's been some some pretty amazing company. But uh, first of all, let's say hello to Carolina. You're based. Uh, you're you're at home, or at least not at a gig today, right? Um, yes, I'm in Germany. <laughs> um, that's the country I'm based in. So, I mean, you've been on the road and doing lots and lots of stuff recently. I mean, it's kind of, I'm surprised if nobody will have heard of you yet because you've been all over social media. You know, your profile has rocketed um, primarily because you've been doing lots of great content, lots of kind of collaborations. Obviously, one of the reasons we're talking to you is because you've got a new album coming out on the 15th of April, which we'll get onto in a little bit. But, I mean, as a thereminist, uh, most people, you know, say... 10,000 hours, isn't it? But you've been doing it since seven. I mean, how, how did that come about? That's an incredibly long period of time to be playing. Yeah. Um, my parents are really into electronic music and my dad um, had a band he was playing in and my mom did that for, for their band, for their concerts. And they thought one day that the theremin was a really cool instrument and they wanted somebody to play it in their band. And when they bought it, they realized that it's that you have to spend some time practicing it, and they didn't really have the time. So um, I was, yeah, I was old enough to start playing another instrument, and that's why they gave the instrument to me, the theremin. What? Wow. So uh, that, that cool parents, I have to say, for starters. I think I've got a little video, actually, of you somewhere, which was uh, you at nine years old playing uh, with yeah. your... Is this with your dad on keys? Do you mind if I just play a little bit of this? Right. Oh, my goodness. Oh, dear. I know. It's a, I'm so sorry. It's a very... It's a, it's a bit... It's, but, it sounds terrible. Well, I don't want to... I don't want to... But I mean, that was a pretty big gig, right? I mean, that wasn't an insignificant place. So you, was that your dad on keyboards there? Yes. Um, yeah, it, it, it was him. And, you know, as a child, I mean, it's, it's, it's great that I was able to play on stage at this early age, even if, you know, from a point of view today, I would say, you know, I wasn't in my best shape then. But I always knew I, did, I I don't have to be nervous when I'm on stage because everybody thinks what I'm doing is magic and they don't understand. So that gave me some confidence, which was nice. It's a really interesting instrument to play. I mean, we've all been, I mean, a lot of us will have been at the stage where, you know, we were learning an instrument and it was primarily through school or through parents kind of pushing you forward. It's not often that you get the opportunity uh, to, to pick something up and, and, and connect with it. I mean, you played, what, violin and piano before this. Was there any, you know... was right. And I get, was violin translatable, I suppose, in the fact that there's no pitch markings on the fretboard, maybe? <laughs> I'm yes. And yeah, you know, to, when, when I played the theremin, I imagine that I have one invisible string I'm playing on. So you could kind of refer to that, you know, like you compare that. So is that how you tackled it when you were, you know, at, at that tender age? I mean, did you take to it very quickly or was it something you had to kind of work at, you know, because it, 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 self-motivation when you're learning something that's so difficult is very important, right? Well, my dad really practiced with me um, every day. And um, I remember the time when I was to play the octave in Ave Maria. And I remember that moment because my dad was like, wow, you did it like you, you played the octave. And 
just years later um, when I got a new instrument and um, developed my own playing technique, I actually um, came from that side that the octave is the most important interval while playing playing the theremin and I tune the theremin to the octave. And now what I teach my students, the first thing is playing this, this octave. Um, so it took, it took time to develop playing technique and to move forward in, in yeah, how, how, how you can play the instrument. Um, so I would say, yeah, I didn't, I don't know, I, I, my ear is developing quickly, but then of course, technical skills is a different thing. And I, I was going to ask about that as well, because I mean, the technique, you know, the, you have a very specific sort of finger movement and, and the way that you use mm -hmm. for the amplifier. Uh, is there is there like a, 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 a rule book? I mean, is there a technique that one learns as, as that? Or is that something you kind of work out for yourself? Well, when I was a child, I had lessons um, with Lydia Kavina and she learned from Leon Thurman himself. And um, so you know, she guided me through my first years. And later we would see each other like once a year because she wasn't, you know, in Germany, obviously. Um, and then when I came up with my own technique, when I was about 16, um, I wrote a book about this. And um, now there is a guidance. You have, you have a book and you can learn with this. And I'm really proud to see that people around the world are using this technique. And I'm still developing it further. And my students teach, teach me so much. Um, because you know, there's there's never an end with learning. So is that uh, is that something? I mean, when you say develop your own technique, is it is is that a kind of uh, an articulation of of the the, the pitch hand and, and or a combination of the two? Or is it a modification of existing? I'm just curious because I mean that's quite an um, that's quite an achievement. Yeah. So basically, my idea was um, to use my hand as a measurement. Um, so. I have certain hand positions, which are certain notes. Um, and one length of a hand is one octave, if I right. tune the instrument properly. And so, yeah, that's the basic technique. And then I have very um, defined positions. So my goal was that I could play a note in tune even before I have heard it. Um, because, you know, mm, you can glide your way through the notes and put some vibrato on the notes and um, kind of correct the notes as you go. But yeah. my goal was as the sound of the theremin is so pure and pure sounds, that's what, what touches my soul. I wanted to be able to play a pure, clean note uh, in tune and right. not have to cover it up with vibrato or um, glide myself to the note. So that's why I came up with this technique. Um, so I could rely on my hand rather than just on my ear. Oh, that makes a lot of sense because, as we know, I mean, theremin has a very, uh, you know, historically has a very specific sound. I mean, not only do you get, you get quite a soft attack, generally speaking, I mean, not in all mm -hmm. cases, but you also get quite a soft pitch sort of a cadence as well. So, I mean, you, mm -hmm. sort of, your precision has kind of created, I guess, a new, a new technique uh, that's available as well. So people can be more precise and I suppose quicker once they master that technique of moving between pitches, right? Yes, and um, I mean, I'm happy to see that you know some students 
which have a good ear, they, they can play a scale within three lessons. And um, that's, that's amazing. And um, yeah, I'm happy, I'm happy to see that it's going forward. I imagine a lot of it's very visual as well, because your starting position, you sort of have to be confident that where your starting position is, is whatever the distance is you're measuring, whether it's from your shoulder or, you know, an eye line of the aerial or however you do that, mm-hmm. that's got to be the consistent. So once you start, then you can get the pitch from there. Interesting. Yes. The starting pitch, um, you always have to hear it. Once you have the starting pitch, you're good to go. But first you need to um, listen what note comes out um, quietly and then, then from there you can go. Ah, okay. All right. And I guess that's when you're working with other people as well, the collaborators, because you've done loads of collaborations as well. I mean, that's the thing that probably brought you to, to like the, the covers and the collaborations that you did on the uh, uh, the uh, theremin sessions, which I guess were a couple mm-hmm. of years ago now you started those or two or three years, well, yeah. a bit more than that. Uh, is that when you started to see a real momentum and a desire for your stuff or were you were you already kind of touring and performing before, before those kind of came out on YouTube? Um, I was always... As I can remember, I always was performing, but of course it has, you know, um, more and more over the last years. And um, I, 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 like, yeah, like six or seven years ago, I started to collaborate more with jazz musicians and that gave me a new way to play the theremin because before that I had played it really in a classical way. So it broadened up my horizon and um, it gave me, you know, the, the... the wish to explore more sound possibilities as well. Um, and now I've gone into the phase where I'm really, um, I like to combine the theremin with my singing and I try to explore that field more and write compositions for theremin voice. Um, and I, have, I have my own solo show where I, um, yeah, where I, where I use loops and effects. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Um, do that. Yeah, as my main I thing. mean, it, seem, it seems like an ideal combination in many ways because uh, the theremin itself is a very visceral thing that you have to play with feel and the voice is also, I mean, is a very visceral thing that you can also adapt mm-hmm. very quickly and y- using the loops and using the techniques that you have. I mean, do you find, I suppose the thing that I'm also interested in is Theremins traditionally, uh, they have quite a limited tonal palette. You know, you're often hearing the same pieces played on theremin. It's like, you know, the da 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 da, you know, this sort of the, the, the classic solo violin emotive yeah. stuff. Whereas you've really sort of discovered a new train and new thread. When, when did you kind of figure out to, 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 to join your voice and the theremin? Because you use quite a lot of counterpoint, even without the loops, you know, where you're playing one line on your voice and one line on the theremin. And it looks yeah. very, very difficult. <laughs> well, I started, I think, 10 or nine years ago, but it took a long time to develop, you know, these things. And also voice, I was really insecure in the beginning with singing at all. So I would say in the past four years, it's where, where my voice has gone to the point where I'm like, okay, now I'm confident to, to sing in public. Um, and yeah, I think the combination for me, for me, the theremin is an extension of my voice Yeah. and because, you know, it can play lower and, and higher than, than I can ever sing, but also the voice gives the theremin something human, um, because the theremin itself, it's an electronic sound. And if you don't shape it, it's, it's kind of dead. Um, yeah. 
but of course you can shape it and then if you add the voice it it gives it something human and the other way around that gives my human voice something unapproachable and i think th this mixture is um it's that's very fascinating to me so was there a point where you where the technology kind of made itself available to you and you saw like we use a boss looper don't you i think uh, amongst other mm -hmm. things was there a point at which where you just sort of went oh my that really works as an ensemble voice theremin and looper just really kind of that's where i could go with it yeah I, that just developed and then friends told you know what all of of all the things you do i like this most and i'm like oh okay um and then i just you know i kept uh, going on with um composing new pieces and i yeah got into new new way of composing and um and I figured when I'm in the studio, you know, I, I just want to sing and that's, that's what I want to do. And then, of course, add the theremin um, and that, that was always most fun. So for a lot of people, music technology is a sort of enabler for composition because they don't have classical training. They can't sort of write something down on a piece of paper that will translate mm -hmm. from a melody in their head. I mean, do you have both of those techniques available to you or do you prefer to use one over the other I mean, when you get the opportunity to choose? Well, when I compose, I'm, I'm, I mainly just, you know, play, improvise. And then when I, um, when I have a motive, which I like, then I write it down with paper, with a pen and paper. Um, and then from there I go. And now with the new album, which is coming out, um, I had made sketches before. Um, so I would sing these loops or lines on the theremin. And then afterwards we would, um, tweak it you know, in, in, at the computer in Ableton and make new sounds out of it. Yeah, I was going to get onto that a little bit later. I mean, there's definitely, I mean, because it doesn't sound like it's all sourced from your voice or from Theremin, but with, uh, 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 let me, well, we may as well plug it now, haven't we? The uh, Waves, which is your collaboration between you and uh, Eversigns, um, it, all of the source is coming from the Theremin or voice. I mean, obviously it's been sort of messed around with and, yes. and, and processed. Yes, that was our only rule, like all sounds have to be made out of voice and theremin. And sometimes it's both, we mix them uh, mm. and, you know, change, change the way. So even if it sounds like an uh, old synthesizer, which, you know, it, it, but it, it's actually voice. And we were really particular and I was like, you know, the sound no, and needs a little bit more or like, can we add this? Um, can, because I, I, I'm not so in, you know, not yet into the world of tweaking the sounds. I'm very pure, puristic. So I've, I've only used voice and only before. So mm -hmm. I was happy to have someone who could um, change the sound for me. So I would describe how I want. Um, we would find together a sound um, and created, yeah, new sounds out of it. And then, for example, play the bass line with the, the sound we created. Ah, right, okay, because that's one of the things I was curious about is some of those sounds are sort of quite, also quite percussive, which is quite a, a difficult sound to achieve with the theremin. Um, although yes, I've seen um, you kind of tapping the bar, uh, the, the amplification bar, and that works really well for building up, you build rhythmic chords uh, in the looper, which is really effective mm -hmm, as mm -hmm. well. Yes. Um, yeah, so sometimes it's directly with the theremin, but often uh, we created the sound and then, that sound I played on the keyboard line, the bass line, for example, or um, ever since he would chop it up and you know put it in, and then we sure. would uh, create lines with that. Yeah. 
So uh, you, just going back, I was referring, you were, you were talking about you, you teach quite a lot. I'm wondering, mm-hmm. um, this is usually the other way around. Usually, you know, we, we're, we're asking the question, why are there so few women in music technology? And in, but in fact, when you think in terms of theremin, there are actually most of the sort of great players and the people that we know as players uh, are, are women. So it's the other way around. I mean, is, do you think there's a reason for that? I'm just curious as to you probably have a take on it. I've been asked that question a couple of times, and I don't really know because there are men too who you know play really beautifully, and I don't know how do you see that with ballet dancing, for example? Like when I was, I took ballet classes when I was a kid for two years, and we were, I think we were only girls. Is that? I don't know, like, how does that come naturally to... to oh, yeah, women? I think that's cultural. That's that's probably a cultural thing just because it's like little girls, you know, I, I'm paraphrasing here, dollies and, and ponies and ballet yeah. dancers, ballerinas and princesses, you know. I mean, that's that's probably a cultural thing. I mean, and I did, I, I'm sure it's not the case with theremin because there doesn't seem to be any reason why it would maybe appeal more to women i just don't is it more accessible because it's all about feel it's let it's very little to do with the technology and and tinkering with the sound it's it's the sound itself you know i suppose maybe that's it maybe that's why because you compare it to you know, to human voice and to the but of course it can play low bass notes as well so I don't really know. Maybe just the ones we hear of are, are more women. But mm, I know maybe. like great examples of like a really mm, talented uh, theremin player from France, for example, um, young young man. Um, so yeah, I, I I don't see. It's just one of yeah, those things. It's curious. Well. Yeah, that's fine. Um, so. Uh... Do you do you find that there's uh, uh, well the other question I was going to ask you about your instrument because you almost you you have like what's I suppose equivalent to the the, the Stradivarius because it can't be it's not no longer built you have the Etherwave uh, theremin Pro. Uh, mm-hmm. theremin Pro which uh, Mo no longer make so are you uh, do do you have to take as much care of it as you were if it was a sort of sixteenth uh, um, uh, century instrument that can't be replaced. Do you see what I mean? Is it so intrinsic to your sound that particular and your technique? Is there a big um, difference between instruments? Yes, there is a big difference, and I am very careful with my instrument. Um, but I also know that you know I have a lot of theremin friends around the world. So if something would happen in one place, I'm, I was like. Um, have my phone book and I know people who I would call and ask if they could borrow me an instrument. Um, but it's definitely, um, yeah, I'm definitely taking care of, care of it. We want to talk to you about Soft Tube Parallels, which is currently on offer uh, till tomorrow, actually, April the 12th. It's down from 149 bucks to 129 It's a plug-in soft synth with dual-wave scanning source options, uh, almost 100 high-quality pre-recorded multi-waveforms from some really rare and interesting synthesizers that have been created like longer-form wavetables, so you can scan through the tonal shifts. Hundreds of presets by uh, BT, Richard Devine, Inholt and more, three analogue modelled filter types, state variable, Vactral, LPG and Resonant Peaks, five sophisticated modulation sources, LFO, random, Euclidean sequencer, step sequencer, envelope, and uh, five top quality effects options, distortion, chorus, flanger, delay and reverb. So if you want to get hold of it, head over to softtube.com. Remember it's on offer for 129 bucks, reduced from 149 till April the 12th.
So um, you're you are performing all over the place. And I was looking at your diary. I mean, it's it, oh your calendar that's online at. Uh, I will plug this now. Actually, carolinaike dot com, uh, and you're playing. You're doing a lot of gigs. All, I mean, and all over the place as well. I mean, was there? Did that was that a critical mass thing, or did it just did it did something happen to kind of make you as much in demand as you have have found you've become? Just hard work, really. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, I've always performed, and you know, my my goal is to play the music I really love and like do every every concert I play um, that I choose really choose concerts I really want to do and um, it's I'm just very lucky that these you know opportunities um, are coming and um, I can say yes to many things and um, and then of course you know um, when was that in April it was two years ago when I recorded the Morricone video yeah and published that one Um, that that really went you know step further and um i think from that point on um it helped a lot you know with yeah with concerts and you i mean you've always been you've been on top of the the kind of social media and the youtube side of things i mean do you is that all under your direction or are you working with someone to sort of help you realize your ideas because i mean they're, they're beautifully filmed a lot of those uh uh the of the um the theremin sessions and so there's obviously a lot of kind oh, of thanks. intent behind them i mean did you it, was it a concept that you just thought I would really like to do this just to kind of the discipline of doing something every week um, and also just get you out there? Well, um, I don't know how this comes, but somehow I'm really lucky that I have a lot of good friends who help me immensely. And um, with the video thing, um, you know, there's different people, who, friends who work with me. For example, the session that I, you know, one good friend, we did that for three months, um, and um, with being on top on social media, you know, I've have another good friend who's just um, giving me tips all the time, and um, then I'm, you know, trying not to do everything myself, but also having people do some things. So, um, but I just, in, in general, in general, I just feel very lucky that people. That, that I have friends who help me. So it's much. interesting. I mean, it's, modern it's modern amazing. musicians modern musicians need to be on top of you know a whole load of different skills other than just showing up and playing. I mean, so that yeah. the ability yeah to have all of that and be able to focus on it is is a godsend in many ways. So I had another video which I I wanted you to explain this to me because this is a real it's a bit of a WTF moment for me. This is kind of so Steve Vine oh who I, I know used to play <laughs> with Frank Zappa. And you playing uh, at a charity event, but it, I mean, Steve Vai is a massive star, and you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's a it's a it's a little video clip. I mean, it's probably not yours or his kind of you know focus of your uh, uh, major gigs or whatever. But it was ju- it just came about. How did how did that happen? And what how do you get to hook up with people like Steve? <laughs> you know, when when I was a kid, my my dad would never. He would always say when the phone rings, he would always say. You have to pick up because maybe it's Hollywood, and we were like, "Yeah, yeah, ha ha, Dad." And then one day, last year, I get an email that's actually from Hollywood. I'm like, "What?" <laughs> Steve Vai asked me if I wanted to play at his charity event, and it happened to be that I was in town during these two weeks, so that was not planned. I was like, "Yeah, sure, you know, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm really happy to to um, to play at, at the event," and I asked him to play his song with me and he agreed 
And then on stage, I don't know, but somehow we had this moment and it, it was really magic and we both felt it. And um, yeah, now, now we are doing a collaboration. So I, yeah, it was just, it was a really magic moment. I imagine that happens a lot with people or with other musicians because, I mean, they're unlikely to have experienced jamming with a theremin because it's such a it's such a rare instrument to get hold of. Uh, um, I was also going to move on to sort of some of the technology because, as well as the theremin, you know, what, when you go out live, what do you take out with you to kind of enable you to do your uh, solo performance shows? Um, so, technically speaking, yeah. Um, so at the moment, I'm you know just using. A looper, my Neumann mic, uh, theremin, and sound effects. Um, but I'm trying to change that. Um, I'm in the transition phase of going um, and doing that with Ableton. Right. Um, so yeah, that's that's what what I'm working on right now. I suppose yeah. that makes a lot of sense because a lot of that functionality could be replicated, but also it's much more powerful and flexible and recallable and. I guess less can go wrong in some ways, and you can, but and you get a broader palette to improvise with as well, which must be uh, quite liberating once you've got your handle on it, right? Yes, yes, um, and um, yeah, there's just more options and the uh, the possibility to control things differently, and not only with my foot. You know, when you play the theremin, you really can't move, and if I have to press a button with my toe at the same time like it can uh, have know, a quite, it's, it's yeah. really and i'm like i'm fading in and out sounds with my big toe at the moment so i, I think that's a pretty unique technique but it's not it's it's not at the level yet to where i want to be um so i want to do that with with things i can control with my hand also because the connection between the hand and the brain is you know um much faster and um, more creative than if it has to go a long way all the way down to uh, yeah to my foot uh, yeah. okay i mean if you explore because there are uh, some some uh, theremins will have control voltage out and stuff that you can use the position of your hands to actually control and then you convert that into all sorts of things are you looking into that as well because i know there are some other people doing that and there's a i think there's a module as well that will uh will allow you to take position outputs, positional outputs, and control specific things. Right. You know, I'm, like, I play the theremin, which is the electronic, you know, the earliest electronic musical instrument. Um, but I come from a classical background, so right. I really never was into technology. And I've always come with the theremin from the approach of playing it in a classic classical way so i'm really not so into technology as ah. people might think um so right now like doing this thing with ableton that's um new for me and it's super fascinating and um um that's i have to take it step by step um, right. and still i always i'm always looking for pure sounds um which sound alive so um yeah i will you know maybe yeah, it will develop over the next years, but um, right now I'm still little Thurman. It's just an enable. Well, that's yeah. another thing. I mean, when I watch you play, I mean, because you're quite animated when you speak, but when you go into play, it's almost like you have to completely still yourself. I mean, it must be very difficult in some environments 
to get to that position because if you're particularly if you're improvising as well because that's quite exciting and you're you can mm-hmm. kind of have quite a strong emotional response to something that's i mean how do you stay centered and able to play your technique because the technique requires almost sort of zen-like stillness right just because you're still on the outside doesn't mean you have to be still in the in, from the inside sure. so uh, um in a way you channel the emotion stronger because you you know it's all very focused and you put everything in the little movements you can do um all the emotions you have right i see so i guess it could be more intense in many ways are there any situations in which the theremin won't function i mean you kind of sometimes turn up to a gig and there's some bizarre lighting system that just happens to interfere do you get for any, sure that... for sure really all, all the time <laughs> oh. Lightning system is a good one. Um, or just, you know, a very complicated setup and the technician has forgotten to turn off the mute button. It, it all happens. <laughs> um, uh, what else? I mean, power is always an issue. You, know, you have, have to have a clean, clean power. Um, otherwise, it, you have always get a buzz. And, um, yeah, there's a lot of things to think of. Um, uh, and in terms of actual interference with the, mag- the, I guess the magnetic or the electro resistance, is there is there anything that interferes with that specifically? So that you know your pitching or your tracking goes off just purely because there's something else in the room that does. Yeah, I mean, of course, you know, people walking by, um, that's always an issue. But um, I mean, if if there's a photographer, uh, you know, um, and they get too close, people. I suppose. So, yeah, I exactly. Yeah. Oh, right. Um, but then, yeah, if it's just um, sometimes even just the stage moving, you know, if, if the stage isn't really um, oh, stable and the conductor is, you know, doing a very dramatic entrance, then it's my theremin is moving and um, I can't hold the pitch. It's, it's very simple, but. You know, it's just a mecha- yeah, mechanical issue. Yeah. Wow, yeah, okay. Um, so uh, I wanted to get on to, I mean, obviously, the, the one of the reasons you're here is to talk about the new album, uh, which is out on Yeah Yeah on the 15th of April, which will be forward from when we're watch- when you're watching this, folks. Um, the the collaboration with uh, Eversides, I mean, did, how, did, how did that come about? I mean, you know, because it seems like a fairly random connection apart from he's Dutch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yes, right. Um, so um, the um, Peter from the label, yeah, yeah, um, he wrote me an email and um, was like, "Hey, do you want to make an make an album for my label?" And he was very persistent um, because I didn't answer just right away. And then he wrote again. It's like, okay, this this guy really wants to do something. And um, and we talked on the on Skype. And um, yeah, he was a very very nice person. I was like, yeah. How about we do a theremin-only CD or album? Because um, you know, theremin is a hundred years old these days, and um, that would be a nice thing to celebrate um, the album. And I always, you know, want to more about the te- techno- technological uh, mm. part of this because, as I said, I come from the classical um, point of view, and I have not so much experience with. Uh, part so I wanted a chance to, to learn about um, and then later I discovered like 
yeah, I don't want to do only theremin. I do want to do voice as well because that's what I am um, right now. So um, I was looking, or we were looking for for an electronic musician who was creative and um, who was yeah just um, just a good person to work with and um, ever science and I skyped and immediately I uh, we got along and I listened to his music which he had done before and um, I really liked it and I'm really into electronic dance music um, myself like um, so yeah I've always wanted to do this so I was really excited to be in the studio with ever science for two weeks and um, we recorded the voice in theremin and then we sat together and I learned a lot about uh, changing sounds. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, and the, 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 the PR says you went into the studio for two weeks. I mean, it, did all this actually happen within a two-week period? I mean, it seems like a lot of work yes. because you can hear there's a lot of depth and processing and all sorts of go that's been going on. So that was all done in, in a two-week period. That's astonishing. Yes, it's, I mean, we got, we were, we were in the flow for two weeks from the morning till till night and i had you know for pieces i already had written out the lines so um and i had ideas in my head um then it just yeah it just the collaboration was it was really in the flow and we we worked through it and um there we there we were so it was yeah it was very I... inspiring two weeks I have a question for you because I couldn't figure this out. Uh, the first track, uh, Reflections, at least as it's listed in the, uh, we got we got a kind of preview look at it here on uh, SoundCloud. Um, what time signature is that initial loop in? I, I, is it a 15? Very I could not... good question. Very good question. Because ever since was dry, he was going mad because I was like, you know, it's easy. I was like, no, it's not. <laughs> and I tried to write it down afterwards. And I think it's, look it up, 17 for three bars and then one four eight. I have to check it out. But anyways, it's... And then he, we we tried that bar uh, because we were looping it, right? So it's like, oh, that's 29 something and looping it. And then we tried to create a beat for that, but it's like, this is not going to happen. So we have to do the beat in 4-4 four, four, and the rest is going over it in, in the way it is. So it out much better. So that was yeah, and it's well, it sounds like your it sounds like the rhythm is just in one eight, you know, because it's just in what one or two because it doesn't have a turnaround. It just has it's just underpinning it. But it's a really, I mean, the sound of the album itself. I mean, I, I just think it's great. It's a really lovely sound. Obviously, it worked very well to together. I mean, did you find that you were changing your uh, composition technique as you were in the studio because you're working with loopers and the technology that enables you to compose? Were you yes. using those same things in the studio and he was then recording it or was it you adapting to his technology, I suppose? No, in the studio, I, I, I never use devices, looping devices, but I, you know, I sing it directly and then we pick um, a certain, you know, a good, um, good take and then I do it against choir um, uh, situation and... Um, then we are looping it in Ableton, like you know, it's just like a like a normal recording. 
um, together. And are you planning on doing some of this live? Yes. So what what we're working on right now is to do this live. Um, and um, yeah, so we, we're planning a release concert on June 2nd in Amsterdam. Because um, I was then, wondering, did, yeah. what, did that figure in? Because sometimes, uh, and that this happens with bands, you know, where they uh, compose, but they then, while they're recording, they think about how are they going to be able to perform this. So they would modify somehow, you know, the, the creative process initially so that they know that they can recreate it live. Did you think about that at all, or you just wanted to get the music no. done? No. No, we, we didn't. And um, as Ever Science, as a DJ, um, I think, you know, we will have parts which I will be playing live. And then, of course, we will have recorded parts um, which you will add to the to the music. Um, so th- this is how we're going to work um, with the live setting. So uh, uh, the other question I was going to ask, it, uh, the, the, uh, the last couple of tracks um, sound much more like uh, an Eversign remix of some of your parts. It was there's there's less of the kind of evolving melody, and it's more about the kind of rhythmical aspect of what. Is that is mm-hmm. that something that you that you uh, consciously did uh, in terms of kind of so you get you got a lot of your melody and your longer sort of phrasing in, and then he got to do some more of his thing, or did it just sort of that's the way it turned out? Mm. You mean the the last track, right? The, yeah. yeah. Um, that's that was the last thing we did, and it came naturally. You know, he was just building something. I was like, yes, 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 go on. You know, uh, do this and this, and then I, you know, sang the line on top. And as I said, I was, I was so. Oopsie, my, Whoops! <laughs> You're just fully. Uh, let, me, let me just move because that's I was proud that we were creating something more electronic and than I had ever done before because um, this is, you know, I, I love that style of music and I had never done it before. And um, so, yeah, we, we, you know, we, everything we, we, we did, you know, we both, we both agreed yeah, okay. it. Yeah, it's, re- it's interesting because like- it feels, you know, listening to it, it feels kind of quite joyful, you know, it feels like a joyful lot of work so it must have been a lot of fun to do and for it to be fun generally it has to be not being bogged down in a load of process and technology so the fluency of which you can create and if you did it in two weeks i mean that's a real testament to eversign's ability to to make it easy for everybody to be involved as well yeah and you know i think because we limited ourselves to early man and voice it in a way made it easier because the more you have, the more you know you have to choose. But if you have only this option, then that's what you have to work with. And um, yeah, so in a way, maybe that made it easier as well. Yeah, I know I can imagine. But yeah, it sounds lovely. I thoroughly recommend you get it. Um, yeah, it's going to be available on digital and on uh, vinyl as vinyl. well, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Excellent. That'll be an interesting one. So in terms of the artwork and visuals, I mean, is that all your input as well? Or does, do, do you hand that off to the label? Right. And for the artwork, uh, we had two loveliness who um, sat down with the music and they just uh, started to paint uh, while they were listening to the music, kind of in the same way we created the album and they came up with that beautiful artwork. Oh, excellent. So uh, what's next for you? I mean, you know, I guess this busy summer, you're going to be doing festivals, gigs, all sorts of stuff. I mean, what's the sort of biggest thing that's coming up on your horizon? Um, well, I just, rec- 
it is always a lot of projects going on at the same time but um i finally recorded all the songs or all the pieces i'm playing live currently in my setup and i will be putting that out myself in in may i think and then in september i have another um album for Thurman voice coming out um with a label from new york and um i'm writing my second method book um i have some bigger things i think i can't talk about it yet but um it's just it's staying exciting and um the theremin gives you so many possibilities and so many things to discover and it's amazing isn't it i mean because essentially it, the, the 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 simplicity of the instrument is you know it, it's it's fairly basic but it's the technique and the ability yeah. to convey the emotion that people are sort of fascinated by so you know that's presumably why you it, it opens a lot of doors for you that's that's correct like the theremin itself it's such a simplest way to create a sound um but it it takes um so much self-control and at the same time freedom to make the music um you know you want want to hear so that's that's what we're working on absolutely Carolina, thank you so much for joining us. Um, I think we'll probably wrap things up there. And so people can find more about you at carolinaike.com. I'll put links in the show notes. And uh, hopefully we'll see you again. We saw you at Superbooth last year and maybe we'll see you there again. Yeah, thank you so much. See you next time. Bye-bye. Bye.